0: My friends, congratulations. You've gone through a very important process. You, as a congregation, have worked very hard to prepare your entire congregation to enter a new phase of ministry through these COVID 19 days we're living. We began with dealing with the grief and trauma that we all have experienced and finding ways to express them. This is critical, it's a first step as we enter into the relaunch process. So our first thing was to discuss flight plan and design. Michael, what were some of the top takeaways that that you learned as you worked with your group?
1: Well, first I was really impressed with the level and depth of thought that um, the participants shared. Uh, They really shared from their hearts, from their contexts. So I just appreciate not only the group that I got to work with, but all of the clergy and the laity from the mountains, Kai, that we had a chance to talk with. Really, some of the takeaways is the importance of destination. We're in a season of processing now, and sometimes it's difficult to to dream and to think about what something might be when we're still trying to figure out all of this. So a lot of our conversation was still a bit of processing and dreaming about some of the challenges that we're in and where we want to go so while we talked about where we want to go we also named some really important things and some challenges a couple takeaways that i have from that conversation is it's been said that direction and not intention determines destination so the importance of really setting that direction and i appreciated the diversity in our conversation we talked about rural ministry we talked about urban contexts we talk about marginalized and ethnic communities. And for me, one of the takeaways is we must resolve to go together. The importance of listening to each other, maintaining connection while honoring context, I think is gonna be really important for us as we take off, as we relaunch, and as we move forward. And so I believe that from this will come a new understanding of connectionalism of really making sure that we're together in this, of taking this step forward together, or um, making sure that we involve everybody in this. And again, it's gonna look different, but really naming who we are as United Methodists about how we're connected to each other. I think we need to reimagine what that will look like moving forward. But again, direction and not just intention will determine your destination we must resolve to go together and begin to dream about a new connectionalism that honors our very diverse locations and also includes our marginalized voices because they will lead the way forward for us. And one of the powerful things from scripture that I've been thinking about reflecting on is in Proverbs 22.3 and in Proverbs 27.12, it's the same verse just in two different spots. It says, the wise see danger and take refuge, but the foolish keep going and pay the price. So this is a time for us that as we see the danger, take refuge, reflect, dream, and think about what is going to be our destination. Let's not just keep going, but let's take refuge, reflect, and dream.
0: Thank you. I I love that. And I love the thought of a new connectionalism. Jeff, your team uh, talked about uh, pre-flight, the plan and preparation. What were some takeaways that your group came up with?
2: Yeah, it was a really good conversation. One of the, uh, probably one of the best pieces of it, Steve Easterday McPadden discussed uh, how they had sort of tried to launch early and what they learned from that experience and how they're sort of backing off. And uh, we'll, take more time and to reconsider options moving forward and he was very honest and open about that and so i really appreciated his advice the very first thing we heard from every panelist was over communicate over communicate everything about the plan everything about the options uh, everything about the decisions that will be made or that have been made communicate as wide as you can, communicate as often as you can. Um, And in that communication, uh, Nathan was really good to say, we need to be very open and honest and transparent with one another and discuss about the ways that we may need to pivot quickly or even about the times where we've made mistakes and own up to those mistakes and um, continue to work together Uh, It it was clear at at one point that not everybody agrees on how we should proceed or what the sort of pre-flight checklist should look like. Uh, There was a wonderful conversation between Margaret and Steve about hymnals. Um, But we have to work through this together. Um, You know, the group acknowledged there's some really big challenges ahead uh, as far as not only how do we keep our people safe and healthy, but how do we make things like worship meaningful when a significant thing about worship is music and we're not sure how to do music in an in-person gathering for a long time? Um, we know live streaming is gonna be with us. So how do, we, um, how do we integrate live streaming into in-person gatherings and keep these two congregations connected? Um, And then Amy added a lot about uh, small groups and how do we uh, shift small groups? How do we keep online small groups going? And uh, most importantly, the group uh, sort of wrestled with the idea of how do you invite new people to things beyond worship, to small groups and other activities? And really the transformation from audience to disciples is Mm -hmm. one of the big key questions that I think we all have to grapple with, not just in the short term, but in the long term. Uh, Nathan and Park Hill, uh, one of the pieces that he, I wish people could like go talk to Nathan about, because it, we, didn't a, we weren't able to keep it in the video, but he talked about how they're using this wonderful, uh, I think it's a children's book actually, Manna and Mercy, but how they've turned this from a sermon series into a way to sort of organize, organize congregational life and deepen people's interest and knowledge of the bible Um, so that's a piece that wasn't in the video but boy it was a great example of of one of the ways that churches are trying to do that creatively i think we came away though with the idea that a pre-flight checklist is not a simple matter this is deep thinking this is time-consuming thinking to make sure that we get everything right, and that we keep people safe and healthy and provide a quality experience for them, no matter how we choose to do this moving forward.
0: Thank you so much, Jeff, uh, and you're right, there's so much work that goes in to all of this. Before we can even talk about Liftoff, Annie, though, your group talked about Liftoff. What were, what were the key takeaways your group found?
3: the liftoff group had such a great conversation because we talked about all the ways that liftoff should be the most exciting that liftoff should be the place where people gather to be and to watch and yet for us for church communities liftoff will probably not look like that spectacular event where everything has worked out So we talked about many parts of this first that liftoff needs to be grounded in the mission of the church the mission of the ministry and for many people it's finding those most vulnerable groups and allowing them to meet safely first this might include recovery groups um, support groups Uh, some some of the pastors talked about how they would like their building to be used there even before worship uh, because it's 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 a better place to start small and to meet the real needs of their community. Then we began um, to have a conversation about the phases of a crisis. We've linked a resource to this so that you can see an infographic about the phases of a crisis in that it's not linear and there will be so many setbacks. So even in this liftoff phase, there, you need feedback loops so that you are able to constantly check in. This is working, oh, this didn't quite work yet, or now we've seen something new and we need to go back a couple of steps. So that was a really powerful piece of our conversation. And then there was the reality that this will be a high mess phase of ministry. We have to be okay with innovating, with experimenting, And with going where the energy is with our people and our communities, um, to start small, but to be able to experiment and then have those feedback loops where we know what's working and what's not working, um, where we've seen new needs emerge, or maybe where we found a new strength and we wanna harness and focus our energy in that place. So Liftoff, we decided really is sort of like an axe to community where we're meeting the needs of those who are most vulnerable first we're also having many routes to communicate uh, many places to receive feedback and and we're really leaving some things behind so that we have the most essential pieces to get off the ground to actually have that lift off and then we check as we go each stage and sometimes we realize we've hit a new trigger point or a new minor um, crisis or something that tells us let's look again to see if we are truly being safe, um, meeting all of the guidelines we need to meet, and then let's go forward again. It was just an amazing conversation, rich with resources, um, and to know we do this together. We are with each other and that we go together as a community.
0: Thank you, Annie, and and so liftoff happens and then it's the miracle of flight. Jeff, what did your group learn about the miracle of flight?
2: You know, and it's interesting because I think we can't even quite conceive what flight looks like yet, in a way. We are still so early in this and things are changing so much that we're not quite sure what flight looks like. But we did talk about understanding the need for sustainability and how do we continue these things that we're creating? And how do we live into this new vision of ministry in a way that doesn't burn out pastors or volunteers or doesn't come crashing down because it didn't have sort of a a long life cycle planned? Um, and so we talked about, you know, what are some things that are going to need to drop away? What are some things that are going to need to be expanded? Uh, probably one of the key things I heard from our panelists in that is we are we will need to start broadening the base of volunteers um, through training and recruiting, especially in areas of technology. Because right now, uh, and it's, it's often fallen on the pastor, but either the pastor or a very small group of volunteers have taken this crash course in how to do things they never expected to do, right? Uh, Jim Barth, Pastor Sheridan, talked about, you know, I feel like a producer, not a pastor anymore, because I'm creating these, these you know, videos every week. Um, and it's tiring, because it's not something we're used to. And so how do we broaden the base? How do we teach others to do some of these skills that we picked up on so quickly, so that we can continue this work moving forward? We all believe that our digital presence is going to continue. Uh, And so we're gonna need people to move forward. Uh, We had a fun discussion about, you know, what they are looking forward to getting rid of though, uh, in the future, you know, what what are they willing to set aside uh, once we may start coming together again in the building or coming together again as people at the end, I asked them, you know, what are you most excited about in this journey? What are you most excited to see happen in the church? And one of the things I think we agreed upon was the church is learning to accept and embrace change again. We've had to change because it's been forced upon us in some ways by COVID-19 and the necessities of of keeping people safe and healthy in this season. But we're learning that change isn't as hard as we thought it was, and that we can pivot, we can move to a new reality. And from old to young are are diving in and investing in church in this new way and are willing to set aside things that were sacred for years and years and years. And so if we can get into that rhythm, there's a lot of things that need to be changed about the church that have nothing to do with COVID-19. But the capacity for change may allow us to address those things and move forward in a healthy and vital way to become the church that we need to be, not just because of COVID-19, but because we are disciples of Christ reaching out to the world and offering grace in this time not in the decades past, but in this time. And so uh, we're all very excited about the possibilities that are before us.
0: You know, Jeff, thank you. Uh, you highlighted about uh, digital platforms and and actually it becomes so easy to focus on the nuts and bolts of, of of what to do next. And yet in this moment, what I'm aware of is COVID-19 has revealed grave social injustices. You know we have entire parts of our conference with no digital infrastructure, no access to internet and Wi-Fi, which puts those communities at an economic disadvantage. We've seen how COVID-19 has revealed injustices in in healthcare as racial, ethnic communities and poor don't have the same access to healthcare and other social services, and so how do we not rush into the let's let's get ready for the next phase of ministry and say actually there's a lot of ministry that needs to go on right now lots of things we need to be addressing as the, as the Church of Jesus Christ so so that came up as as you were sharing some of that so thank you um, you know we have handed you a guide that is more than 30 pages and it Looks and feels overwhelming, I'm sure, um, but by now you've gone through it. It needs to be overwhelming because this is critical to the well being and the welfare of the people we serve. This is serious work. COVID 19, as we've seen, is highly contagious, remains highly contagious, is not contained. And if we are going to talk about what church is going to look like, we need to do the hard work. Yeah, I'm struck. Um, I've been reading and rereading about the shepherd with 100 100, 100 sheep, and one gets lost, and and the shepherd, instead of taking care of the 99, goes to seek out the one. And and, uh, it's a way to show that uh, God's great love goes to the most vulnerable and 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 that becomes the the salvific act of the shepherd of Jesus of God and of the church we need to be orienting our ministries to the most vulnerable amongst us if if the 99 are going to enter a building and leave the one out or make it dangerous for the one to step in we aren't being committed disciples of jesus christ we are not loving god and loving neighbor we're not loving jesus as we as at in in how we love or not love our neighbor so this is deep work we have to do i hope that this has been a good process for you we know things are changing probably as soon as we dropped this uh, resource it's already out of date or parts of it are out of date so if you have some feedback for us, what did we miss? What's emerging that we need to address? There is an email address that's in the guide, COVID-19 response at mtnskyumc.org. And we invite you, let, we need this to be a dialogue. We need to help each other. We are going to learn things together. But this is what I know. We are going to be the church that takes that, that is bolder that has an even greater witness to the world of what it means to be loved by a God who will never let us go. So may God bless your efforts. I'm so grateful for the work we do together, for who we are as the people called United Methodists in the Mountain Sky Conference. God bless you.